This episode of Intelligent Medicine brought to you by the next big thing in anti-inflammatory supplements, a brand new all-natural daily preventative against a host of possible inflammatory issues. Black for Health liquid extract from Future Farm Botanicals. Black for Health combines four plant-based foods, black garlic, black radish root, black cumin seed, and black peppercorn containing high levels of body-ready healing botanicals. Black for Health supports your liver, skin, cholesterol, blood pressure, and weight management, circulation, and immunity. It's a tasty supplement with liposome complex for optimal absorption. For more information and to order, call 888-841-7216, 888-841-7216, or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. That's myfuture, P-H-A-R-M, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. We're talking today to uh, Jimmy Moore and Christine Moore, uh, who together written a new book, Real Food Keto. Uh, it's the latest in a series of books, uh, starting with Keto Clarity back in 2014, uh, which heralded a revolution in low-carb dieting. Uh, we won't call it dieting because it's, it's not merely... Uh, a trick to lose a few pounds and then go back on the feed bag. Uh, it's a lifestyle and it's a lifestyle that uh, can provide benefits. Uh, Jimmy, you, let's, you know, start from the basics here. What, why undertake uh, a ketogenic diet? I mean, is this, is this for everyone or is this a therapeutic diet for people with certain conditions? Uh, you know, how do you make the cut in terms of whether this is the right thing for you? Right. Like my wife, Christine, said earlier, not everybody needs to do keto mm -hmm. because we have this beautiful thing called bioindividuality yeah. where some people have a metabolism that is a little more broken than others. Uh, I happen to be one of those people mm -hmm. who deals with insulin resistance and uh, there's varying levels of insulin resistance. My previous book, The Keto Cure, we talked about upwards of 80% of the population has mm -hmm. some level yep. uh, either minor to major of insulin resistance and if your body's not responding properly to that hormone insulin then you can't see fat loss you can't see health gains take place so I would say if you have body fat on your body you're probably insulin resistant you're probably a good candidate for going on a ketogenic diet if you have blood sugar that is wonky because you're type 2 diabetic or pre-diabetic or just have funky uh, blood sugars you should probably go on a ketogenic diet really anyone that is looking to lower inflammation and this is the the big part of keto it's not the magicalness of lowering carbs or raising fat or moderating your protein it's actually the anti-inflammatory effects of this way of eating that brings about all this healing in the body so and there's a big concept misconceptions about this because a lot of people think that uh, keto diet is uh, you know fred flintstone throwing the brontosaurus steak on the barbie you know that it's like <laughs> massive massive amounts of animal protein you know uh steak for breakfast i mean you can have steak for breakfast but uh you know you don't need to eat a 22 ounce uh, porterhouse steak uh at every meal to achieve uh ketosis I don't think I could actually. Okay. <laughs> that's a lot of food. Well, that's because uh, no. you're eating some healthy fat that I think attenuates your appetite. I'm reading your blogs and you're saying, hey, right. you're just not that hungry anymore. And I'm also not just eating healthy fats. I'm also eating quality food, which is an under 
uh, talked about. Uh, it's not talked about very much. The micronutrition that is in the better quality foods of grass-fed meats and organic vegetables and all the really good stuff, uh, I think that provides a level of satiation that fat alone cannot. Do, do you eschew fiber-rich foods? Because that's a big critique of uh, the uh, low-carb diets, and the, especially the ketogenic diet, is that there's not enough fiber, and people need a lot of fiber. Where are the fresh uh, fruits and vegetables in that? So with a ketogenic diet, you can have non-starchy veggies. You can have uh, leafy green we veggies. We have three gardens uh, in our backyard, front yard and backyard. So. so, yeah, we get plenty of vegetables. And even for somebody that maybe can handle a little bit of fruit we'd like to stay away from the oranges the apples the bananas things like that mm -hmm. but um, jimmy and i like to do strawberries blueberries blackberries raspberries with some heavy cream and a couple of pieces of dark chocolate for dessert um and you know for those that can handle that that that's a great option mm -hmm. so i'm the, glad the, you said the dark chocolate because yeah. that's it would really be tough for me to eschew that completely you know my <laughs> yeah. my, my 92 percent dark chocolate you know even though eight percent has maybe got some carbs in it you know yeah. oh i do 87 dr hoffman so yeah <laughs> i i guess so, i'm more that, hardcore that's the reason why we do the heavy cream with it, because the heavy cream kind of blunts the effect mm. of the um, the berries and the dark chocolate. So it's important to have that fat with it. So for me, a ketogenic diet um, is very rich in vegetables and can be for some people with fruit. So you're not depriving yourself at all. Do, do you have to obsess with the keto sticks? And now, of course, there's a new technology since Dr. Atkins first introduced this. I remember all his patients uh, used to have these sticks and they say, you know, they don't turn purple sometimes, you know, and I've got to like really, really restrict my carbs for my keto sticks to turn purple. And now they have more precise uh, measurement devices. They actually have uh, meters that measure your the uh, your blood ketones. Do you, or do you obsessively monitor that when you're on the diet? Obsessively is the wrong word. Okay. <laughs> uh, track, I guess, is a good way to put it. And when I first started uh, on like strictly trying to do keto, I was testing it in 2012, 2013 in preparation for my book, Keto Clarity, what mm -hmm. turned into Keto Clarity. And I was doing it every day, morning and night, sometimes every hour on the hour. But that was for a formalized right. experiment you that were, I was it's sharing. It's like a science adults. fair project, right? Yeah. yeah. So for the average everyday person, I'd say do it for 30 days. Then you see the trend uh, where you test once in the morning when you wake up, mm -hmm. once in the evening when you go to sleep and you're becoming keto adapted. You kind of want to see where it is. But what happens over time, Dr. Hoffman, is you realize it becomes intuitive. I can almost wake up today and mm -hmm. say, oh, I got about a 1.2 blood mm -hmm. ketone. I Just can almost you feel. Yeah. feel it. Yeah. 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 And so the sophistication of the technology is really good. And what's fascinating to me as someone whose ear is very close to the ground, there's a lot of companies trying to get in on the ketone testing business. So there's this new device that just did a crowdsourcing campaign and they got mm -hmm. 10 times more money than they ever thought they would for mm -hmm. a breath ketone device. Oh, wow. um, I've been using a breath ketone device called Ketonics for many years and they've continued to do sophistication to the technology so that it uh, you know, shows you the readout on your phone now. So we live in a really grand age, and if you're trying to see if you're a fat burner or a sugar burner or not, mm -hmm. the the tools are certainly there for the taking. So, so you use the term uh, keto adaptation and keto clarity. Uh, the clarity, I think, refers to the sense of kind of well-being and balance that you achieve when you become 
keto adapted. Am I not mistaken? Oh, yeah. I, I often tell people if I got no weight loss benefit from doing keto, mm-hmm. if if I could keep this brain that I have now <laughs> yeah. for the a- rest of my life. Absence of brain fog. You know. Yes, the absence of brain fog. But even more than that, I would say mental sharpness. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm writing mm-hmm. buku numbers of books. I'm very productive in mm-hmm. my work mm-hmm. doing multiple podcasts a week. I am sharper probably than I was in my 20s, mm-hmm. and I'm in my late 40s now. And so I hope that 20 years from now, I still have just as lucid a brain and memory. And I, I can recall things when I've uh, you know, interviewed somebody on my podcast. So I think a lot of that is attributed to now my brain being fueled by fat. Okay, folks, at this point, let's pause and allow one of our sponsors to share this important message with you. Naturally occurring black pigments in vegetables, spices, and seeds have been found to have powerful anti-inflammatory effects. Hi, this is Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and I'm excited about what I think may be the next big thing in anti-inflammatory supplements, a brand new all-natural daily preventative against a host of possible inflammatory issues. Black for Health Liquid Extract from Future Farm Botanicals. Black for Health combines four plant-based foods, black garlic, black radish root, black cumin seed, and black peppercorn containing high levels of body-ready healing botanicals. Black for Health supports your liver, skin, cholesterol, blood pressure, and weight management, circulation, and immunity. It's a tasty supplement with liposome complex for optimal absorption. For more information or to order, call 888-841-7216, 888-841-7216, or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. That's myfuture. Farm, P-H-A-R-M, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Thanks for listening and thanks for supporting our sponsors. They're what make Intelligent Medicine a continuing free resource to you. And now back to our guests, Jimmy Moore and Christine Moore. Devil's advocacy position here. Okay, maybe you've achieved benefits. You know, you've lost scads of weight. You feel okay. But some would say, well, you're in a fool's paradise because as you consume all that fat and you're in the absence of carbohydrates, your arteries are becoming clogged. Your cholesterol is going sky high. Uh, what does the research say? What is your personal experience around that? Are your numbers good? Are patients experiencing freedom from cardiovascular risk? So cholesterol, total cholesterol is really not something that I'm too concerned with. Um, The heart disease happens because of a diet high in carbohydrates and processed foods, sugar, that sort of thing. So what happens is you eat those those things, the sugar, the processed foods, and this causes um, an insulin surge. Um, These things irritate the arterial wall. Mm -hmm. Cholesterol is in your body to help deal with inflammation. So what happens when you have an abrasion on your artery? The cholesterol goes to that site and tries to heal that abrasion. So when somebody goes into the hospital and they have a heart attack and the doctors look at them, what they see is the cholesterol there, but what they what they fail to realize is it, the cholesterol is not the enemy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's trying to help heal that person. And if a person continues to eat these sugars and processed foods, the, the damages are uh, continually be done to the arteries and the cholesterol is, is having to um, go to that artery. This, it, it heals it and the, the artery scabs. And then that's mm-hmm. what causes the constriction of the, um, the arteries. So, so it's not the fat in the diet 
that um, causes the heart disease. It's a, a diet high in the sugars and processed carbohydrates. What we like to look at is um, a person's HDL, their triglycerides, um, that ratio between the two. We like mm-hmm. to um, look at um, HSCRP. And, and, me, and generally, uh, my finding is that people on this type of diet, their cholesterol may not go down, but their triglycerides go way down. And often the ratio of their cholesterol to HDL improves. The HDL may go up. Right. Right, exactly. So if you if you see somebody that has um, triglycerides under 100, um, most um, preferably 70 or less, then you mm-hmm. know that they're carb restricting. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's what I I like to see, and then the HSCRP and and those things. And the new mm-hmm. cholesterol mm-hmm. guidelines actually have now put a buffer zone between just giving a statin drug based on a high LDL or high total cholesterol. They now say, go get a CT heart scan first, mm-hmm. looking mm-hmm. for actual signs of disease. Now, I'm dubious, Dr. Hoffman, yep. that most medical doctors will do anything. I, I was just going to say, I, I was just going to say, you know, that it's that's wishful thinking. Yeah. I think the vast majority of, of my colleagues reflexly treat high cholesterol that's just right. by, by right. the numbers. That's, I call right. it paint by numbers medicine. And without looking at the individual, because I plugged my numbers and they're, they're not bad uh, into some of these algorithms. It says immediately, you know, go out and get on a statin, you know, and, and yeah. I've got a zero coronary artery calcium score so they don't factor that into the equation yeah same here and i've had some lipidologists uh one famous one on twitter dr tom dayspring just told me get on a damn statin already and that was like yeah. a decade ago and i'm like yeah. dude i'm okay i'm <laughs> yeah. gonna outlive you i promise indeed indeed uh so in terms of uh you know mistakes that people make on a ketogenic diet, you know, one is inadequate hydration, another is perhaps uh, not emphasizing a healthy uh, fiber, fiber from uh, sources like uh, flaxseed, you know, which I believe is permissible, right? It's not a high carb uh, source, uh, but right. also leafy green vegetables, you know, your garden is, is full of them, uh, you know, minimize the uh, starchy or sugary uh, fruits and vegetables. Um, and uh, uh, what about Protein. Uh, do some people, you know, kind of miss the message about healthy fats? They eat a lot of protein, but not enough fat to make it work. Yeah. See, this is where I think Dr. Atkins got it wrong because yep. his program was spot on the carbohydrate restriction. Get yep. it down to 20 grams yep. to start. So that was good. Yep. And then he said, eat unlimited fat and protein to satiety. Mm-hmm. What he did not realize, what it was a fat phobic society was going to automatically yep. go to the chicken breast yep. for that unlimited fat and protein. Yep. And so, Getting people to embrace the fats is a big one, but moderating down on protein is such a big one. So that 22-ounce uh, porterhouse you were mentioning earlier, mm-hmm. the reason I can't eat that is it's way too much protein because the body can't store protein. So any excess that it can't use actually has to get converted into a usable source of energy. And it goes through the liver, converts into glucose through gluconeogenesis, and it's a problem for the body if you're trying to not be a sugar burner when you produce glucose from the protein that you're eating. So a a refinement that it sounds like you're uh, exploring uh, in your writings and, you know, stuff you talk about on your radio program is combining the benefits of a ketogenic diet or low-carb dieting with another thing that's becoming very trendy, which is IF, intermittent fasting. Can you talk about how that fits into the picture? 
Oh yeah. Just yesterday I fasted for 25 hours. Um, and it happens very naturally when you go keto. This was the most fascinating thing. And Christine can tell you when I first started, uh, testing nutritional ketosis in 2012, uh, what was it? What was that story where I was sitting on the couch and well, you, you just, well, I asked you when was the last time you ate? And you had to stop and think about it for the first time in your life, Jimmy. You you weren't obsessing about food. It had been 24 hours, uh, Dr. Hoffman, Whoa. since my last meal. Because I had just so forgotten about eating. And that's the beauty of bringing insulin levels down, nourishing your body well with with foods that taste good, number one, but also nourish you very well with fats and moderate amounts of protein and minimal carbs and high quality foods. All of those things uh, make intermittent fasting, IF, extraordinarily easy to do. And I think when you give your body a break from time to time, and it's very easy to implement an intermittent fast. You eat your last meal of the day at six o'clock the night before. You wake up the next morning and you're not really hungry. So don't eat out of habit at seven or eight o'clock in the morning. Push it all the way to noon. Mm -hmm. And then at noon, you can have that break fast because that's all yeah. breakfast means is breaking the fast. And so you can have your break fast at noon. And when you do that, you just fasted intermittently for eight hours mm -hmm. and that provides so many great benefits eat within that kind of eight hour window and a lot of us have now even tightened up the eight hour window and and maybe eaten within a one hour window and fast for 23 hours so i mean it, it's going to depend on where you are in your journey yeah that uh 18 uh, 6 or 16 8 uh, regimen is a little bit what i naturally revert to when i don't have to get to work early in the morning although when i go to work i feel i owe it to my patients to have a little bit of breakfast so i'm a little less uh, <laughs> out of it and grouchy uh so uh yeah that that certainly it seems to work and then a new study uh i think just out uh, this month or last month suggests they compared um a diet where every single day you eat 75% of the calories that you would normally eat versus a program where net during the week, you'll, you know, mathematically, it's the same thing. Two days a week, you only eat 25% of the calories. In other words, you have two semi-fast days. That in Britain, it's a best-selling book. It's the 5-2 diet. Right. Uh, that is another uh, variation on the theme, which is sort of a timed uh, Time-restricted eating or uh, the 5-2 program. Yeah, Michael Mosley. Michael Mosley, right, who's uh, a British uh, author who's put together that program. They, they found that they were absolutely equivalent in terms of weight loss, but also I think in terms of acceptability. I think it's a lot easier to implement a program where you're eating reasonably, you know, restricting dramatically five days, but two days, okay, you're going to have, you can take it easy. Can I be honest? I would yep. much rather, having done a lot of fasting now, I would much rather not eat at all than to undereat and have my body react the way it does. Okay. And this is just anecdotal for me. Mm -hmm. I've just noticed that when I consume less than a certain amount of calories, let's just arbitrarily say it's 800 calories. Let's say mm -hmm. I have a little mm -hmm. something mm -hmm. for a day. I'm far more hungry having that little something of food than if I just went ahead and just fasted that day and not ate at all. It, it just starts the ball rolling metabolically and you get it a, really sort of does. A, yeah, a bit of an insulin response or, you know, these counter-regulatory hormones kick in and pretty soon you're looking for that next uh, feedback, I guess. 
Yep. And I do far better if I just push the fasting window to 24, 36, even upwards of 48 or 72 hours where you start talking about autophagy, uh, you know, benefits coming mm -hmm. in. Those are the things that are a lot more exciting to me than fat loss. Right. And, and that's, you know, like getting away from this whole issue of fat. And actually, you've commented on this yourself is that, you know, you've been on a little bit of a personal journey and a philosophical journey. And at a certain point, uh, you know, when we put the emphasis on fat and appearance, you know, we sort of are creating a sort of a, a schizophrenic culture, you know, a fat shaming culture. And we really have to get into, you know, this is about optimizing our health. That's what I tell my patients. It's not a matter of, you know, uh, you know, the perfect uh, mirror image because it'll never be perfect if your self-acceptance isn't there. Um, that you really, uh, you know, should be emphasizing the end point, which is a healthier, more vibrant, more productive uh, you. I, I totally agree. I get so aggravated with seeing these posts on Facebook or other social media that, look, how, look how shredded I am, you know. Yeah, that, I mean, we've put too much focus on weight, and you are so right, it does create eating disorders for some people, and we get too obsessed about the weight, and we forget about what's happening on the inside. I, I can tell you, for me, as, growing up, I never had a weight problem. I was actually, well, I was underweight. Um, I was born three months early at two and a half pounds. Mm -hmm. And so from then on, you know, I, I struggled with being underweight. But I, because of my crappy diet, I was dealing with a whole lot of health issues that were manifesting on the inside that mm -hmm. couldn't be seen on the outside. So you, someone would look at me and they, oh, she's really healthy because she's thin. Uh, right. No, I was far that, from That's our healthy. societal uh, goal. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So, you know, clearly that's that's an issue. Um, so, uh, where's, you know, what are the latest trends? Where's uh, Live in La Vida Low Carb going in, the, in 2019? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you've got some plans lined up, some great guests lined up. Uh, oh, yeah. What, what are some of the trends you're going to be exploring? Yeah, I'm just going to continue to do my work. I, I mentioned earlier, I do five podcasts a week. So Christine and I do a show together called the Nutritional Pearls podcast, where we just kind of explore things that we talked about in our book, Real Food Keto, those same kinds of things. Uh, not explicitly a ketogenic show, but one that kind of looks at the totality of health and all the, the kind of nutritional therapy aspects. Then, of course, the Live in La Vida Low Carb show has been out there forever and ever. Amen. 1,500 plus episodes and counting. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty proud of that show. Keto Talk on Thursdays, we still answer questions. And then Friday, I do a biohacking show uh, with this gentleman, Dr. John Lemansky, mm -hmm. where we add in some biohacking techniques, things like infrared sauna, mm -hmm. HIT therapy, light therapy. The High-intensity uh, interval training. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that's another one. Mm -hmm. So see me oh, flipping my tire on there. <laughs> that, that reminds me, where does exercise fit into this? Because, you know, as a, a triathlete myself, you know, I've explored various diet regimens, you know, starting with the carbo loading, you know, traditionally before an event, I would have like a big uh, pasta dinner. Uh, and then the trend has sort of switched. And now we see uh, keto adapted uh, athletes. Is it feasible to be, um, you know, uh, a, a runner, a cyclist, a triathlete, a swimmer, um, while implementing this type of diet, or does one have to make adjustments to get extra fuel? 
So Dr. Steve Finney is kind of the creme de la creme researcher in this realm, him and Dr. Jeff Bullock. And they say that keto is the anti-bonking diet. So if you're an endurance athlete and you want to not bonk, which every endurance mm-hmm. athlete knows exactly what that feels like, yep. and it sucks. Rubbery legs <laughs> about, you know, two hours into the event and all of a sudden, you know, yes. it's like power failure. Yeah. Yes. And so I, I think it's it's extraordinary what's happening with endurance training. We have people like Professor Tim Noakes over in South Africa, who mm-hmm. is a running god, uh, wrote the book literally on on running. And he's totally changed his mind. Uh, he used to be a carbo loading guy, and now he's totally in on the ketogenic message. So, yeah, I, I think this is an optimal way. Now, what I have uh, noticed talking to several of these kinds of athletes on my podcast is some of them will use strategic carbs on race day to kind of you yep. know top off the mm-hmm. glycogen stores, but then they burn through those pretty mm-hmm. darn quick because you can only store about 2,000 calories worth of energy, mm-hmm. and then it's gone. What's left? You've got a, a diesel tank full mm-hmm. of stored body fat, even in the leanest person, upwards of nearly 100,000 calories worth of energy. So if you want to be a good endurance athlete and be successful at it, mm-hmm. you get keto adapted. You want to become an, a, a lean, mean, fat-burning machine. That's right. That's right. Okay. Well, it, it sounds like the way to uh, use carbs judiciously, especially if you're doing really long events. I mean, maybe, you know, if you're walking the dog around the block for a couple of, you know, a couple of laps going to the mailbox, uh, you don't need to, you know, carbo-load. But, uh, I do that fasted. <laughs> <laughs> as, do, as do we all. But, you know, when you get to a certain level of, you know, endurance uh, athleticism, maybe the carbs serve the purpose, the same purpose that caffeine does in those athletes. You know, if you're drinking coffee all the time, you won't really notice it if you have a little caffeine before an event. But if you don't, this is something that I do on race day is I'll take a little bit of caffeine because I don't drink caffeine. And man, you feel it. And I guess the carbs yeah. maybe can uh, help you a little bit uh, in terms of a, of a long event. You know, not something, you know, like a 5K race. You don't need it. Yeah, uh, think of it as jet fuel to kind of start the race. And then you got diesel the rest of the race. There you go. All right. Well, okay. Uh, all this uh, information and more can be found in uh, the series of books by uh, Jimmy Moore. And now uh, joined by Christine Moore in the latest iteration, which is Real Food Keto. And uh, something about a, a keto cruise. You do a keto cruise as well. Is this something that uh, you yeah, want to we- tell our public about? Yeah, we actually do two of them now. We do uh, our traditional low-carb cruise. We're coming up on our, what is it, Christine, 13th one in 2019. So that's May the 31st through June the 8th. And then we do a Keto 101 cruise because Mm -hmm. Keto was kind of all the rage. And we noticed a lot of people coming on the low-carb cruise coming up to us and saying, what's a Keto? And so we thought, well, we should do a cruise that kind of explains some of the basics of a ketogenic diet. That's done in the fall uh, sometime in se- late September. So all of that info is at lowcarbcruiseinfo.com. Okay. What's your website again? Mine is livinlavidalowcarb.com. Christine has a uh, nutritional therapy practitioner site, rebootingyournutrition.com. And of course, Real Food Keto has its own website, realfoodketo.com. Maybe you can do the uh, the cruise to Antarctica in uh, the uh, in the wintertime and then do a, sort of that brown fat enhancing uh, Co- keto cruise. Th- right, cold thermogenesis uh, <laughs> keto cruise where everybody's sitting on deck in their skivvies uh, at zero degrees and they can really burn the fat. That would be good. My co-host of Keto Hacking would love that. <laughs> okay, what a concept. Okay, well, I, okay, I'll, I'll take a percentage on that idea. 
Thanks very much. Thanks very much for joining. And thanks for really being a a pioneer and a stalwart in this field, because I think you've really advanced uh, public awareness and knowledge about something. You know, when you when you started, this was an aberration. This is like some form of extremism. And now it's it's gone mainstream. So kudos to you. Congratulations. You've certainly advanced the cause of uh, healthy nutrition. Thank you. It is amazing how far it's come since where I started. (laughs) Indeed. And thanks to you, Christine, for joining us. Congratulations as well. Oh, thank you. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. Hi, this is Dr. Ronald Hoffman. As you know, this is a vital time to bolster our immune defenses. I've received countless requests for a specific list of supplements that I recommend to support immune health. That's why I've created the Intelligent Medicine Immune Support Protocol, my supplement recommendations offering the greatest boost for your immune system when it's needed most. Best medicine is preventive medicine. Just go to drhoffmanstore.com for more information. drhoffmanstore.com In addition to the immune support protocol, you'll find easy-to-follow links for our supplement starter kit, heart health protocol, and much more. These protocols are an easy way for you to get the exact combination of targeted supplements you need to help you follow the intelligent medicine lifestyle. The same supplements I take for myself and prescribe for my patients. And for a limited time, you'll get free priority shipping on all of your store orders. For more details, just go to drhoffmanstore.com. That's drhoffmanstore.com.